Before we get started, we have a special live stream coming up at DonaldMillerTeachesWriting.com. That's DonaldMillerTeachesWriting.com. I have wanted to write a book about writing for a very long time. It just never made sense. I have a business career was taking off, had other books do, but I've always wanted to stop and share everything I know about writing because so many people come to me and they're just heading in the wrong direction. And psychologically, mostly, they're heading in the wrong direction. They need to understand how writing really works. So I'm teaching a five-hour live stream coming up, and you can register at DonaldMillerTeachesWriting.com. I'm going to teach you everything I know about writing, and that's writing Instagram posts, writing websites, and yes, writing books. In fact, if you register with the VIP package, you actually get a one-hour video or about an hour video that's called The Psychology of Writing a Book, and I take you through the 10 psychological hurdles you have to overcome if you want to finish a book. If you've ever thought about writing a book, or if you just want to be a better writer, or if you want people to actually read your Instagram posts, sign up at DonaldMillerTeachesWriting.com. That's DonaldMillerTeachesWriting.com, and I'll see you soon. Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller, and I am not joined by my co-host, Dr. J.J. Peterson, because we want to be careful like you are careful. And so, we don't have a whole lot of people in our house. We're just up in our studio. But instead of J.J., I've asked Doug Keim to come. You've heard from Doug on the podcast before. Doug is actually the president of Business Made Simple and Story Brand. Doug, welcome. Don, great to be here again. Yeah. Well, I thought it would be a good idea, and you and I together thought it would be a good idea, to actually take people through our strategy of crisis management and everything that we did almost as a checklist to pivot this company and not just survive, but really be okay. I mean, you know, we're okay during this time, and it's because of some things that we did. And I think regardless of what sort of outfit that you run, and again, we're not thriving. We're not, you know, making money hand over fist. That, but but we were able to not dip into our cash reserves, keep going, and keep everybody employed, which today is, is a grand slam. You no, face it. A, that's an absolute home run. And I think it's because we acted very, very quickly. And I think some of that, you know, what we want to share with all our partners out there that listen is kind of a behind-the-scenes look at exactly yeah. what we did in a very, very short period of time. The conversation is going to work like a checklist. Mm-hmm. Do this, then do this. If this doesn't apply to you, skip it, but then do that. Do everything you can possibly do on this checklist. We're just going to share in rapid time best practices. Yeah. Well, I think I think you and I saw, Don, that, that we had to be pretty disciplined in our thinking and turn that into execution very, very quickly if we were going to be able to Right. You know, not only survive, but actually focus on, you know, the needs of our customers out there. And that, you know, that may sound trite at this point, but kind of our guiding light, you know, if you remember was how are we going to create value right. for customers out there, right. you know, during this crisis? Because it's, you know, absolutely unprecedented what we're all facing together right now. Yeah. There, there is no playbook for this, but, you know, it does call forth, you know, real leadership. And part of that is being able to be decisive and be very, very focused and disciplined as you move forward. We talked about switching from chess to tennis. Mm-hmm. And that was a, I think that was an important conversation. What, it was like a week ago or 10 days ago. Yeah. I mean, we're, you're listening to this about 10 days after we record it, probably. Mm-hmm. So uh, 20 days ago, when the crisis was pretty new, we sat down and said uh, to our team, or the leadership of our team, we are no longer playing chess. We built this company playing chess. We're playing tennis. And what that means is the ball is coming back to us faster. You, you can't wait 10 minutes to make a tennis move. You can't say, well, Rafa, 
just hit it to let me go sit down and look at my notes and see how I'm going to hit this ball Yeah, let's ball create back. a strategy to get this back right. over the net. It's, yeah. it's muscle memory, and you got to move quick. And that is one paradigm shift right off the bat to tell everybody listening, you're not playing chess right now, you're playing tennis. And you, you've got to instinctively and intuitively do make right decisions in rapid pace. And you also, I think, have to give yourself some, some grace because you're going to hit the ball into the stands a couple times. Yeah. Right, and you just get back out there and keep going. And well, you know, again. we we had to acknowledge, and we talked about this that that this crisis ignited all kinds of fear and anxiety and stress at a level we'd never seen before. You know, yeah. just even between us and with our team members, and obviously with our our clients and family members. I mean, this thing really overtook us for a short period of time, and then then we we kind of got. Very, very focused, very fast. Yeah, it was and amazing how quickly the focus and in, in, in the intensity actually increases. You know, it's funny, Doug, um, right before the coronavirus thing happened, I mean, I, was, I think it was still in China. It hadn't even made its way to Seattle yet. Betsy and I went on vacation. So we were on a beach in a resort, and some friends of us had joined us. We do a little couple's, you know, vacation every year. And uh, I was pretty redlined, pretty exhausted. Just, just released a book, about to turn in another book, and was pretty tired. Came back from that vacation and was still kind of like, gosh, you know, really kind of redline. And then this coronavirus crisis hit. And I mean, at that point, I was up at 5 a.m. going to bed. And I was, I couldn't be more energized. And my wife said to me, I don't think you needed a vacation. You needed a crisis. Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's something about a crisis that sort of, you know, I, you know, I think some people will understand what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You rise to it. And you become a better leader than you thought you would. And the same can be true about your company. Your company can, I mean, we leaned out so fast, it'll make your head spin. Yeah. We found so much hidden costs in our operation, just going even through our bills. Yeah. And, you know, not, not just what services can we cut, what services are we not using that we're paying for? Yeah. Right. And that hyper sort of focus, I think, has served us. And then we started going through this checklist that you're going to take us through. You sort of reverse engineered what it is that we did intuitively. And I, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, look, we want to invite everybody to kind of get uh, paper and pencil out. Yeah. Because I, I do think we'll provide a checklist. And, you know, from Los Angeles to Lithuania. Doesn't matter. I, I, it doesn't matter where you are and, and what the circumstance is. I think some of these, you know, these six areas that you and I just ripped into very, very quickly and then engaged our leadership team to engage um, really has allowed us to to stand strong through this. And that, yeah. that's really what we want for everybody listening is, you know, if if you are, you know, standing down right now, we want, want to help you to stand up strong. And, right. And I, think it's, I think it's a time to fight. I really is. do. It is just not a time to rest and see what blows over. Now, this one, this is a knife fight in the alley. Yeah. It, it absolutely is. Like, you know, uh, I think, you know, Don, I grew up in New Jersey and, you know, that's, uh, you know. <laughs> that was called siblings. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't grow up on the mean streets of, of New Jersey uh, without learning a few things. But, yeah. you know, this is a very, very challenging time. And, and, you know, our hearts really go out to a lot of people that are facing tremendous losses and difficulty, but you know, we're we're just want to invite you to, to stand up and fight with us. And to take some action. And here's Absolutely. some actions that you can take. All right. So there's there's uh let's see, Doug, we're gonna go through six uh areas yep. and then uh we'll we'll wrap it up at the end with some extra help. But first it's the, to review our strategy. So the first thing you want to do is review your strategy. And and I really believe you kind of need 30, 60, 90, even 120 day like at different strategies or strategies that tack on to the end of those in case this thing keeps going. So, you know, our team has heard me say, you know, if we do this, we get through April. If we do this, we get through May. If we do this, we'll be into August. We should be okay. We do you need to strategically think about how you're going to get 
into the summer at least at this mm -hmm. point. Well, and I, th I think if you don't do some kind of business model analysis where you're starting to bend and break and, and kind of reinvent how you, how you created revenue and profit before, you're really going to be in trouble because you know, the, the rules of the game have changed so dramatically. You know, Don, I, re I remember late one night, you know, when this thing first started, you and I took a look at our, our current business model. And, you know, that was the beginning of you know, really fundamentally going in a different direction. But it was using all the assets and brain power that we had inside the company. Right. And, and, and harnessing to, that in a different way. To remind everybody who's listening, our, our business model was in order for us to make money, about 70 to 80% of our revenue, if not more, depending on people getting on airplanes and flying to Nashville, getting in a hotel and getting into a convention center and then being in a room with 200, 250 people. Yeah. It's over. At that point, the business is dead. The writing is on the wall. However, we're still alive and well. So there was a pivot that we had to break the business model and change it. Yeah, and it really zeroed in on, you know, what was the digital direction that we were going to go? Right. And, you know, thankfully, we had launched Business Made Simple University last year. Yeah, last year. And so, you know, we were starting to become much more literate with how to transact in a digital environment, in a digital world. And so... It, we started to use some of that know-how and said, hey, let's think about live streaming our content and inviting people to actually stay at home, but you know, go ahead and accelerate the learning. And, and, and even create, you know, part of that strategy was we went to $1,000 on our live stream. There'll be another one in mm -hmm. May if you missed our one in April. However, we, we also needed something at the bottom end of the market. So we created a $99 product that's just Donald Miller teaches writing which is sort of a surprise bonus for everybody. We will take it away. It will never be offered again, I don't think. Mm -hmm. But it's just a $99 product. So you also want to be thinking about, you know, as the coronavirus sort of made the uh, made people go back home and retail close even longer, money is going to get tighter. Therefore, the price is going to go down on something. We can't lower the price on our story brand messaging stuff because it's it's you know the price is set in the market and we don't want to dilute that. So we came up with a different product. But that's an example of innovating coming up with something else. A lot of people are saying, Don, that's great. You know, We're a restaurant. We can't go digital. I can't digitally do food. No, but you can do family packages, family meals. You can do, uh, there's, there's all sorts of, you can do recipes. You can do, there are things that you can do digitally. And, and let's, let's be really honest here. If you built a sales funnel, when we told you how to build a sales funnel back you know, three years ago, four years ago, when we were telling people how to do this, you got to get email addresses. You got to have a lead generator. You got to be able to pivot your message. You got to be able to reach your audience. So if you don't have a sales funnel, the way that we teach people to create it, and I have a book called Marketing Made Simple that teaches you that, you need to create that now because that's going to be how you climb out of the recession. There's no doubt. I mean, we say it all the time around the office, and now virtually we say it every day is the sales funnel equals survival in this that's environment. That's right. Yeah. So we'll get into what a sales funnel is when we get into marketing, which is next. Let's talk about short-term revenue generators and the importance of just getting cash. Yeah. So we, you know, what we focused on immediately and made top priority was, you know, to design some revenue generators that would hit in the short term. And the, and the way that we designed them was through the eyes of the, our customers. They had to create pretty immediate value because if they didn't, they wouldn't resonate. And what we found is doing two things, going to that live stream and then offering a very, very aggressive price point. Right. has pulled a lot of people together and given them hope and energy so that you know they could clarify their message and keep moving forward rather right. than being paralyzed and frozen which happens oftentimes during a crisis. Yeah. And those were that was very successful for us. We also created long-term revenue generators. We realized 
you know, some of our offerings need to change climbing out of the recession. And so we have, we, we're not going to share them with you now, but we've created entire new revenue streams, entire new business divisions that we will fund and bring staffing in for as we climb out of the recession. So we were, it was actually very helpful, I think, for both of us to not just think about how we're going to survive, but how do we actually come out of this alive and thriving? And I, I was remembering, Doug, you might remember, no, I can't remember the name of the movie and neither could anybody else on the production staff, but there was a movie years ago, 20 years ago, something came out. I think it had Brad Pitt in it. It might have had Nicole Kidman, which is going to bring to mind a bunch of movies. That's not the one. <laughs> this one, they're, 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 they're heading west and they're in some town, maybe in Oklahoma, and they're going to do a land grab. So all these cowboys no, it's Tom line, Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Tom, what, what is it? Uh, it's really was a bad movie. It's, it's, <laughs> I was going to say Far Out, but I think it's like Far, far away, West. Or far and Away. Far and Away. Okay. So, yeah, it's a terrible movie. Okay. So there's a great scene in it, though. The, all the cowboys line <laughs> up. It's like three up, hours, so there's you don't two ever, minutes You don't really buy watching. Tom Cruise as a, uh, as a cowboy. You no. Brian has a lot of things, but not as a cowboy. No. Anyway, he, he, they, they all line up on, on their horses. Somebody fires a gun, and, they, and it's a land grab. you got to go out, and you got to stake your 20, 30 acres, and people are trying to stake the ones by the river and by the creeks and all that kind of stuff. That is about to happen. Mm-hmm. As soon as this quarantine thing is over, businesses are going to line up, and they're going to go stake all the new territory that was won or lost or traded or shifted around during this time. And if you're not ready for that, you're going to get left behind. I really believe that. You have got to be strategizing now. How do you come out of this? Well, I think, you know, and I think this is where um, I experienced you, Don, probably the best leadership moment since I've met you. You know, I've known you almost five years now, and I, I never saw you more focused on actually preparing to exit the crisis. You yeah, know, like, got, but we got to be out. You got to figure out how you're going to land the plane. You, you, you do it. Like, you so know, we, you, we, so ha- we know you got 10 hours left to fly, but yeah. the important part is landing the plane. Yeah, uh, but we had, you know, we had our short term plan in place and we were executing that like very, very quickly. But while we're doing that, you know, there also was an eye towards what's the exit going to look like. And you, you and were the, and staking the, out our territory. To me, though, it was what, mm-hmm. you know, everything's up for grabs now. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we are, we have Business Made Simple University. All of education is going to dramatically shift. We just went through 10 years of evolution in in one year. That's what we're experiencing right now. All of education will be different. You know, I mean, Jerry Falwell Jr. is probably the only college in the country who's bringing his students back to campus, which is an, a really interesting decision to yeah, put up a teacher. I, I think edition. that's blown up pretty badly on him. Well, that's, but he's a, he's a, I mean, he, he would say that he's a very arrogant man, <laughs> and he's going to do what he wants, and that's what he gets. But we're sitting there watching that. You're going... That doesn't make any sense anymore. Yeah. And and when the coronavirus passes, it's not going to make any sense, period, anyway. And so education is going to change. And so there's going to be a frontier of everybody going out and staking. How are we going to educate people to be valuable in the marketplace? Yeah, I, and I, I we're think we're going to position I, ourselves to take I, advantage of that. Another way of saying it, Don, is those colleges and universities that try to go back and replicate the old business model that existed are going to be out of business in yeah. no time. It just... It is not going to work. And I think that's true for just about every business. If you don't use this opportunity to reinvent yourself, reinvent the business, you're going to miss out on it. And you say, well, you know, we're a restaurant. Nothing's going to change. You're wrong. Everybody's going to realize that they they miss eating with their family. That's going to be a giant 
buzz sort of phrase and thing mm-hmm. going forward of, you know, we know it was awful and it was a tragedy and a lot of people died, but we did realize we missed each other. We missed being home. Yeah. We missed not being on our phones. We miss eating meals. And if a restaurant doesn't offer like family packages or family meals, you might get left behind. You want to you want to be able to figure out what's the wave that's rising right now and you got to be prepping your surfboard for it because yeah. it's going to happen. No doubt. Well, you know, one of the things that we're going to be doing on Business Made Simple University is offering strategy made simple, you know, and we're going to do a business plan on a page. Right. But we got to live that out, you know, the last 30 days, Don, right. you know, where we we had to dig in and very, very quickly look at our operating model, our strategy, and, and you know, rip it from head to toe. And, and you know, I'm, I'm really grateful that we did that, and we're going to continue to do that. Well, Doug, after strategy and figuring out, you know, what you're going to sell, how you're going to sell it, that kind of stuff, cash management became important. Um, you know, right away, we kind of did what we call the two-bucket drill, Don, you know, <laughs> where we started to look at our fixed overhead and analyze that and look at, you know, what were sensible reductions. You know, we wanted to be aggressive, but we also didn't want to, you know, put a bullet in anything that that was going to inhibit us from moving forward. So, you know, the two-bucket drill is just around, you know, primarily critical staff positions. Right. You know, did we have our talent lined up? Because- Labor for most businesses is your single number one investment. Right. So you got to make sure that that is airtight. You know, right after that, looking line by line at every expense, everything. And we we were able to take. You know, labor was mm-hmm. about thirty uh, percent mm-hmm. of our overhead, and we took it to fifty percent of our overhead. In other words, we cut a bunch of stuff that wasn't labor, we and did. we figured out how to do it. And um, so, you know, that's the next thing you want to do is, you know, um, the other day on a webinar, Mike McCallowitz and I had a conversation. He said, do this, call your bank and have your debit cards, your credit cards, have them all reissued, not replaced, but just reissued. And what that does, it triggers a different number. And you also want to tell your bank, don't let the subscriptions automatically come over. And then all your subscriptions will die off. And then you can one by one add the ones that you need. I thought that was a brilliant way to immediately start cutting costs. You know, and it's that mindset that Mike shared that, you know, we kind of attacked, you know, our balance sheet with, you know, mm-hmm. we looked at, at every line item that way. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think what happened is we ended up having a cash flow analysis day by day. So we knew every single day what we had to accomplish, you know, not to generate profit. This was not a profit no, no, no. making opportunity for us. It was, how do we take those expenses down to, you know, as low as we possibly can operate the company effectively so that we can create value out in the marketplace. But, you know, you have to do a cash flow analysis on a day-to-day basis. And then, you know, the other two things that that we got to right away was a plan if we needed to tap cash reserves, right? Which right. we we had cash reserves, which a lot of businesses don't, mm. you know, but we can thank our friend Dave Ramsey for that. That's exactly you right. Know? Yeah. I mean, Anybody who had cash reserves kind of follows Dave's playbook. Dave Dave s- sits on my shoulder at all times and oh, says, yeah. "Don't spend that." <laughs> mm-hmm. And then then also smartly utilizing lines of credit. Yeah. To be fair, we you know, we don't use lines of credit, but we got one. We got a line of credit in case we needed it because we saw this coming. Yeah. Uh, and we, we you know, I am a firm Dave Ramsey guy. We 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 don't use credit. Uh, we pay for everything by cash and we have we have retained earnings and but we did actually go get a million dollar line of credit that thank God we never needed. No. You know, but it was there. And you know, my banker actually told me, I said, you know, I see this coming and we're in great shape right now. And my banker said to me what I know to be true, Don, banks don't like to give people money who need it. 
Mm-hmm. So the time is now, and we grab that really quickly. Yeah, I thought that was really smart. You know, and then then what we moved to the third third part was around communication and messaging. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is you know obviously a sweet spot for you personally, Don, and for our company. You know, I mean we we are so you know sold out to clarifying a message, but but really during a crisis, the key is do you orient around the brutal facts, right? You know, and I I, I thought you did a terrific job of that. Which ended up meaning we as leaders in the company all all did a terrific well, job. Well, we of did it immediately. Telling the truth, we sort of I, you know I spent a few hours just saying, okay, you know we have what feels like a luxury item. We make marketing strategy. We do marketing strategy and marketing sales funnels and messaging. That's what we're known for. And is that even needed right now? And then I just suddenly realized, wait a second, we're alive because we could email four hundred fifty thousand people and offer them a product. That's marketing. And if you did what we told you to do. Uh, three or four years ago, you're fine now. You're probably fine. And if you didn't, you're, and you just were living in the luxury of people, you know, word of mouth and people coming by and giving you money, you're not going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's when I suddenly realized our new message is sales, sales funnel equals survival. Yep. And we've pushed that, and it's worked very, very well for us. And so um, you, you also have a way. I was just talking to Kula this morning. We, have a, we had a webinar on communication during a crisis. And there are a lot of people asking questions about you know, how do you communicate? How do you message and market, say, a dentist company or, or you know, a dental practice? Or so I picked the hardest one I could. It was uh, it was a, a children's playground. Like if you build children's mm. playgrounds, you are toast. But it was so easy, Doug. You literally mm. just email every church that you've got on your list, and you say someday your community is going to come back together, and you're going to cut the ribbon on this playground. And you say we're never going to forget when we couldn't play together. Mm. Now you just pre-sold a bunch of children's playgrounds, yeah. or you have. People who want you've just given them an idea that is useful during their crisis that actually makes no sense. I mean, it makes no sense in terms of the playground being used right now. You would think you're dead in the water, but the power of a message to position your product so that it truly serves somebody, solves a problem, and indeed can create a beautiful climactic scene if you're a children's playground. That those messages are all out there. Number three is we've got to position our messaging. We've got to change our message. For me, what that means is looking at the problems this culture is experiencing. All the problems just changed. You know, before we were distracted by so much opportunity, now we're bored and restless. That happened overnight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and a lot of people are saying, well, I can't sell anything right now. I'm an artist. We can't do concerts, whatever. You know what you've got that you didn't have before? You have eyeballs. People are sitting looking at their phone like never before. Mm-hmm. All of our digital products went through the roof. You know, our biggest, you know, webinar was 1200 people in in a session we just had 3200 in our last yeah. session and and we're going to have that many and, this afternoon and, and i mean this afternoon yeah and so people are consuming like never before so your messaging you've got to figure out what your message is how you're relevant right now what problem you solve because all the problems have changed if your website has not changed in the, in the text on your website you're not pivoting your message fast enough it's got to change and not only that it's got to change twice Doug it's got to change to get through quarantine and then it's got to change to climb out of the recession. Mm-hmm. So you've got to change for another month or six weeks, and then you've got to change for the next two to three years. Well, that's that's why there's a couple things as a leader that you know you just have to do. And one is deliver a, you know a realistic, hopeful vision of the present right. and of the future. So simultaneously, you got to pull that off, and then cast a clear vision of how you're going to create value for customers. Because if you don't zero in on that, 
I don't, I don't see how anybody's going to connect to what you're messaging. So You know, it's interesting, and, and people are wondering, well, what do I do? You know, everybody feels like a victim. Everybody feels like I'm the only one who can't survive during this. Every other business can. That's not true. My sister's a florist. How do you think florists are doing right now? I mean, we're in quarantine. Super challenged. Super challenged. So I said to my sister, I said, listen, flowers are a great way to touch somebody. Just put that message everywhere. You know how much business she's doing? She's doing just fine. Mm-hmm. Why? Because people want to... They don't want to send flowers. They want to touch somebody, and flowers are a way to do it. Yeah. You've got to pivot your message. Well, and she didn't give up. No, she didn't. She, yeah, she's not a victim. She didn't she's give, not she, a quitter. You know, she's reaching out for help and support, and and you know that's what we want to provide. A jewelry maker just mm-hmm. contacted us during our, our last mm-hmm. webinar. I said, what do I do? I make jewelry. People can't even come to my store. And I said, look, a gift right now means 10 times what a gift meant a month ago. If somebody gets a gift in the mail, it means 10 times more than it used to. You've got to start saying that. You've got to get that message out there. Yeah. And that's what sells jewelry. I think the other thing that have, has to happen inside your company, too, is you have to over-communicate. And I think that's one thing we've really co- uh, committed to yeah. as a team. We have a daily stand-up, and we do that virtually. All key leaders in the company. And we get our company. message out internally also. Because I'm telling you, if you want to be clear externally, you better yeah, be clear yeah, internally. Right. So. You know, we're aligned around our highest return priorities, and we do that every single day. And we have that gut check. And I'm, I'm telling you, that has saved our bacon, Don. I'm curious, Doug, uh, from your perspective, don't you feel like in a way, and again, this is a crisis and it's a hard thing for a lot of folks, in a way, don't you feel like we've gotten two years worth of evolution out of just our internal growth as a company? Uh, we, we leaned out so quickly, got organized so quickly, and everybody's marching on the same, you know, Rhythm. No, this 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 provided an extreme makeover for us. Yeah, you know where, and it was a benefit. You, you know, I think we've all seen that that television show where a house gets you know completely renovated in a very very short <laughs> yeah, period. Yeah. Of time. Our business got renovated in a very short period of time for the better. Everybody participated in that in our company, and yeah. we reached outside too. You know, to get wise counsel and advice from some of the folks that care about us, and I, I think the combination of of doing that and activating kind of all the energy that was inside the company, you know, but equally, Don, you and I have heard about a lot of businesses that really are frozen right now, frozen with anxiety and stress and fear. And my heart really goes out because they've got big challenges. A lot of people, they're frozen in anxiety and fear because they haven't actually invited their team into the conversation. Mm -hmm. And going back in our cash flow strategy, we told everybody on the team, Here's how much money we need every day. Here's how much money is in cash reserves. Here's the day in which we have to move into cash reserves. Here's how long cash reserves will last. Those are the brutal facts, right? Everybody knew. And you didn't see anybody go to victim. Nobody went, oh, gosh. They actually, well, we were in a pretty good place. Yeah. But they all went, oh, we can make it, right? Move fast toward the light. We can make it. Yeah, we we didn't expend any empty calories on... You know, oh, no. woe is me, none of that. But the, some of the it, best ideas came from the team. They were spectacular. And so don't box your team out on this. I'll also say, you know, over-communicate internally, over-communicate externally too. Uh, it is the right time if you are a leader to be using Instagram stories, to be updating people on Facebook, to be sharing your wisdom. It's the right time. You said, Don, everybody's communicating. That's because everybody's eyeballs is on a screen, mm-hmm. right? There's a there's a glut of, uh, of demand in the market for wisdom and you should be sharing yours. Many of you have asked questions about how you become a StoryBrand Certified Marketing Guide. StoryBrand Certified Marketing Guide are existing marketing professionals who want to get certified in our 
process and want us to vouch for them. That process is normally a four-day training in Nashville, Tennessee, followed by a year's process in which we teach you everything we know about marketing. That normally involves you getting on a plane, you booking a hotel room, you taking time away from friends and family. Because of the coronavirus, we're actually doing the next certification online. It's a three-day certification. It's going to take place May 18th, 19th, and 20th. If you would like to save a lot of money and a lot of time and become one of our certified guides, just go to storybrand.com slash guide. That's storybrand.com slash guide. You'll apply and we'll get right back to you to conduct a short, fun interview to see if our program is right for you. I'm going to make a bold ask. I know you've been thinking about this for a long time. It's time. This is your best opportunity. Go to storybrand.com slash guide and apply today. All right, let's go to number four. Yeah, the fourth thing we did was really you know, reinvent what we were doing from a marketing standpoint. I mean, right. we're a very, very marketing-driven company. And you know, we really revised our strategies around short-term success, right. you know, our, our marketing efforts, and started to concentrate those investments on what we felt were clear winners. You and know, let's let's cover the difference between messaging and marketing. Yeah. Messaging is what you're going to say. Marketing is how you're going to say it. There you go. So messaging is what's the talking points I need to get out? Marketing is those talking points will go out through a website, through some emails, through social media, through Facebook ads. That's what we consider marketing. It's actually the the, the vehicle that you use to get your message out. It's different than messaging. You and I, um, we talked. I was in Canada, and it was right before, maybe a week before the shutdown. Mm-hmm. And they, the NBA, announced uh, there will be no more games. We're shutting down the NBA for the season. Mm-hmm. And we were prepared to launch a book. It had the best chance of me hitting number one on the New York Times in the entire history of my career. If we launched it Monday, I would be for the first time in my life a number one New York Times bestseller. And we scrapped it. We said, kill it. And we had an entire marketing campaign around that book, and we said, kill it. And I want you to understand why we said, kill it. Still hit Publishers Weekly, right? by the way, and the Wall Street Journal. But we said, kill it because... It was a book that people bought for 20 bucks, of which we would get three, four months from now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this right. does Had no good for me. Short-term right. survival? Short-term Forget survival. It. So we killed it. We pivoted to a live stream offering of our workshop, and we started promoting that. And we were able to beat the rest of the live stream market by about 10 days. 10 days later, everybody started going on with live stream. We had already you know, secured enough cash in our reserves based on those early orders to make it another month. Yeah. It ended up being a a really good move. But without the marketing tools to make that move, we couldn't have done it. And those marketing tools are essentially a sales funnel. You've heard me say it over and over. It's it's a one-liner that gets people's interest. It's the landing page or website that is specifically uh, includes the messaging that that people relate to in this mm-hmm. this time. And then it includes a lead generator to capture email addresses. You need email addresses now more than ever before. And then emails to actually send. If you had built that sales funnel, you were going to survive. So we took those tools, scrapped the messaging inside those tools, filled them up with relevant messaging, and hit play immediately. Yep. And we were rebalancing and readjusting by the hour on that. That's right. As you know, I mean, and I think we, you know, our marketing team, you know, really found a success formula there. Yeah. Because they were, they were, they were touching the dials on a frequent basis to find. What messages were really resonating? What vehicles, from a marketing standpoint, 
That's right. You know, we're re- we're really connecting out in the marketplace. And that worked for us. We were able to pivot. Uh, if you want to learn how to do that, create a sales funnel. Again, I'm just plugging our, our stuff because you need it. Storybrand.com, uh, and you can register for our May live stream. You can go through the workshop that helps you clarify your message and build the sales funnel all in one two-day live stream. And that takes place in uh, mid-May. So go to storybrand.com and register now. That's probably the last time we will have a live stream, and then we'll go back to live offerings, which is three times the price. So mm-hmm. you want to take advantage of that. But after you do your marketing, you got to figure out sales. Now, you have been more intimately involved with the sales team than I have because yeah. I've been over in content creation. Mm-hmm. But you love the sales team. I oh. love the sales team, too. They've actually been heroic during this time. Unbelievable. Tell me about your interactions with our sales team. Well, first, Doug, will you explain what our sales team looks like? Because a lot of people are they want to build a sales team, but they don't know what it looks like. Yeah, so you know, we've... You know, like all great sales teams, you know, you have to designate who's your quarterback, you know, right. and ours is Kyle Willis. And he's a champion. He's a champion. He's a winner. He's what I would, I, I consider an inspirational leader, but also extremely results driven. Yeah. You know, and I think he leads a very, very high performing team of four other individuals that come together to take our offerings out in the marketplace. And again, I, we pride ourselves on not, you know, using strong arm sales tactics. We right. really are it's trying, trying to create value. You know, so we consider them all consultants. And if we can help somebody grow and build their business, we will sell them something. If we can't, we don't. Right. And so Kyle's very passionate about that. Our other members of the sales team, you know, Hillary, Josh, Jake, Matt, Matt. Mm-hmm. all of them are stacking hands around you know that ethic. That now, and, and what's interesting is this is the one of the teams that I worried about because they would all go back to their base pay, which is not enough. You know, they need these commissions in order to to make their salaries, and yet none of them went victim. All of them went well. If we adjust this, just this, we're actually adding more value than we used to. We think we can still sell this, uh-uh. and they've gone out and done it. And and in fact, they went a step further. Every single one of them pulled me aside and said, "Look, if." You need any relief if the company needs any relief. I'm in. I and mean, that, that's, that's you, you, you couldn't have up. a more committed group of team members than we have done. We, yeah. we just couldn't. And so, those are the exact people you don't want to have no, to cut their pay when they come to use it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But you know, what they did was they just they they got their sales qualified leads and prioritized those very, very quickly and started to convert those. And we also created some new product. There's a product called Virtual Strategy Session. If you go to, if actually, if you go to Virtual Strategies, this is not an infomercial, by the way. None <laughs> of this is intentional. We're, we're telling you how we made it. But uh, we bought virtualstrategysession.com secretly for years. We've never advertised this. I will occasionally go into a company and spend a day with them and help them revise their marketing strategy. And we always get, my thing is I have to be able to make you a half a million dollars or I won't come. And we analyze it. I go in. We've never not made people half a million dollars, and we do it. And we don't advertise it because to me, it's almost like figuring out a puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's something I do to to sort of have fun and and work my mind. We turn that into a ninety minute session at a much much lower price, of course, because I can't leave. So mm-hmm. I actually just go to my office. I do ninety minutes with a company, look at their marketing stuff, help them write new stuff, help them figure out how to pivot their offering to make more money. That's at virtualstrategysession.com. I can't do very many of them because they're me live. But we we got a product for the sales team to actually sell and get a small commission on in order to keep paying rent. Yeah. Well, on the sales side, I think the other key, Don, was, you know, we very quickly clarified our value proposition, right? And we published sales tools that, you know, were designed to pitch quickly and get quick wins. 
And again, the only Does that way- mean you, you changed like PandaDoc proposals? It, and- yeah, all, all kinds. Of, I think everything, well, I can't think of one thing that stayed the same. I, I really can't. You know, yeah. but very quickly we put sales tools and sales scripts together. So everybody was very, very aligned in terms of the message to the marketplace. And again, the only reason we would win is if we could create value for a company. Right. Right. That that's the only reason somebody would reward you. So what's, what's their cadence and rhythm of meeting? Well, they're over on the sales team. They're together every day, virtually. Yeah. You know, so everybody, you know, we're following the rules that have been laid out, you know, in Washington and we really respect that and support that. But everybody has a daily stand-up. Communicate, communicate, communicate. And it's funny, you know, we were joking about it this morning that, boy, isn't it a waste of time, all this over-communication? And, and <laughs> we just extended our, our daily stand-up as leaders to an hour every day. And it's, I think our productivity has increased, on. I oh, honestly believe that it has. It has. There's, our focus and productivity has gone through the roof. Yeah. All right, finally, number six, scoreboard. Yeah. So determine I th- key results and actually measure them. You know, one of the most important things to do, you know, when when you're in a competition and in your you're in a fight for your life is you better have a good read on your vital signs. Yeah. Right. And you know, for us, that's revenue and profitability. But we, you know, we had to determine, you know, a whole new set of key measures. And then we publish that performance review daily and we talk about that daily. And, and when you do that, you know, that keeps intensity and focus high, especially during a crisis situation, because look, everybody on our team has personal relationships that they care deeply about. And, you know, they're getting pulled in a, in a lot of different directions. But again, we've got a, we've got a 30 to 60 minute meeting every day that just gets everybody really, really focused in, right, on our highest priorities. And then we talk about what we got done the day before and what we're going to do today and how that all fits together. So yeah. I, I think the alignment that, that we enjoyed and the clarity that we enjoyed you know, has really been a big part of you know, the success that we've enjoyed. Let's talk about the focus. You know, let me go through the six again, though. First, strategy review. you got to review your strategy, figure out how you're going to make money during this time. Cash management plan, figure out how you're going to manage that money. Then your your messaging and your communication over communicate and get on message and repeat those messages. You know, one of the things I say in our live stream is messaging is an exercise in memorization. You're trying to get people to memorize something. So there's internally there's things that everybody needs to memorize. There's externally customers who need to memorize your message in order to do business with you. You've got to repeat it over and over. Fourth is marketing. Figure out what your what the methodology is, what the vehicles through which you're going to deliver your message. Figure that out. Get that up and running. Uh, get the squeaks out of the wheels, if you will, and get it working. Five, sales. If you have a sales team, all of their stuff is going to have to pivot because the problems have changed. And some of your offerings may change. You may need to come up with new offerings so that the sales team can stay alive. And six, your scoreboard needs to change. It used to be profit and you know leads coming in. There may be new metrics on the scoreboard that have to come into play during quarantine and then again change it again to come out of the recession. So those are the six things that we think you need to work on, and it's what we did to work to keep our company alive and doing well. But Doug, you and I have a, a couple different uh, areas where we're watching different parts of the company, mm-hmm. and that's worked terrifically for us. And I think if anybody out there tries to do everything we just told them to do, they'd probably fall apart, right? So yeah. confession, no, no, it's we watch effort. different parts of the company. No. T- tell us what your, your part is. Yeah, you know, I think, I think for me, Don, you know, the thing that I've focused primarily on is operational excellence. You know, and, and that's our ability to make a plan and work that plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I, I think executing in a way where 
you're you're signaling to everybody that every minute and every dollar counts, you know, is is something that's critical right now. So that's you know, I I spend the bulk of uh, my time during the day really thinking about operational excellence and how can I help you know set up our team members for success around that. You know, yeah. just rip obstacles and barriers out of the way and and make sure and, they're getting and, the support that they need. And if you're focusing people and saving time, you are cutting costs mm-hmm. and you're increasing uh, revenue. And so, you know, operational excellence is incredibly important. Yeah. You know, we're just losing so many calories. The activity to output ratio is what yeah. we're really concerned about. How how much output can we get out of activity? Mm-hmm. And you've done a terrific job well, and, making and, this team lean and efficient. You know, it's funny, Don. I've, I've watched you do two things. One, you know, really function as a chief creative officer, chief innovation officer uh, in the short term. And then the second part of that is actually preparing for a profitable exit out of this. Yeah. You I know, mean, it was really obvious to me about two weeks in, 10 days, two weeks into the crisis before we'd, we'd only been quarantined for about seven days. Mm-hmm. And the future became really obvious to me. And we actually adjusted or I adjusted our anticipatory earnings for 2021. You know, I thought we would do somewhere around 17. We adjusted it north of 20. Mm-hmm. So we actually saw the opportunity for this company to grow faster and be more profitable because of this crisis. And you'll, you'll hear about that in the future as listeners, new products that we will be delivering that we think are going to be incredibly valuable to you. But there are opportunities here. A crisis is an opportunity. It's mm-hmm. painful. But I think the, the mindset of we're all going to die is is a victim mindset. Yeah, and, no, we just we don't we don't allow any of that. That's just not really a part of our culture and you know you really do have to fight to shed that because look, this is an environment that we've never never experienced before, but I can tell you this, there is going to be an end point and we're going to be ready to run when that does end. We will yeah, we're, we're not going to we're not going to walk out of this or limp out of it. No. You know, we are we are getting ready to run out of it, and we want to invite all of you to do that too. You yeah. know, if you're not in that posture and position right now, I hope you'll think hard about these six things and challenge yourself to you know, get on your front foot and get get ready to you know fight for your life. Yeah, you know, uh, JJ used to work for this dean of students at a college, and you know, at a college, there's a crisis happening all the time. And one time, the dean of students said to JJ, he said, "Don't ever waste a crisis." Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very interesting. And you know, even as I, you know, get out to the writing shed every morning, try to wrap up this book, try to start the next book. Any day that I don't get a good bit of writing done, I think you're wasting your crisis. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to get on airplane soon. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have this time. And I think that's true for everybody listening. You're not going to have this time to create new strategies when you get back and and customers are are always standing at your door and you've got to deal with putting out fires and all that kind of stuff. You're not going to have this downtime. And so, you know, you want to create these strategies now. You want to create them now. Because this isn't just a strategy for getting through quarantine. This is a strategy for climbing out and for growing your business. There's some tools that we have available for you. If you go to businessmadesimpleuniversity.com, you can take all of our courses. It's a dirt cheap price. Just go to businessmadesimpleuniversity.com. Of course, virtual strategy session, if you want me to spend 90 minutes with you, my guess is those are filled up, but you can actually apply and see if uh, you, you know we could work together. And then also we have a live stream of our May StoryBrand Marketing Workshop. That's uh, go to storybrand.com and register for that live stream. It's one-third the price that it normally is. 
Plus, you don't have to travel, get a hotel room. Uh, you can just eat out of your fridge rather than out of an expensive restaurant. We would love to keep serving you. We hope that this uh, podcast has been incredibly helpful. These are just the six areas of focus that Doug and I went through in order not just to keep our company alive, but to help it to not just survive, but actually thrive, and we think thrive massively in the future. Doug, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. Well, great to be here, Don, and I, I love having the chance to work with you every day. And um, I, I'll tell you, we lead a team of heroes. Yeah, there's you know, no question. Just amazing, amazing human beings. And again, we, and we also want to just thank all of you out there that continue to trust us and, and partner with us. That's a, an incredible honor that we have. Well, music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's music on Apple Music or Spotify. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. <laughs>